1: Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. We've got earnings. But do they really matter? I mean, I don't know. Uh, We'll talk about earnings and we'll talk about them within the context of the overall market here today because we are down here again this morning. Uh, Overall sentiment perhaps weighing on stocks a little bit more than earnings are this morning. But we've got Microsoft, UPS, Boeing, GE. A lot to get to on the earnings front. We'll cover as many of them as we can. We'll get to our tickers from our chat. We won't forget you. I promise. Hit the like button. To get some more tickers on, from the chat on our show, uh, we'll have a new guest on at 8.35. His name is Blueford Putnam. He goes by Blue. He's the uh, chief economist at the CME, Chicago Mercantile Exchange. So he'll be on at, 8, at 8.35 to give us his view on where we are right now and how just diverged the market is from the economy. Uh, a lot to get to on the show today, Joel. Uh, walk us through this overnight session.
2: Not much to walk through, uh, Spencer. Uh, straight down. Uh, week close. Uh, week of four thirty to five session, and then they just picked up right where they left off at five p.m. At six p.m., you're open thirty three sixty nine. That was a cool fourteen handles down from the close. Went up a one handle in one tick, seventy and a quarter. Pre-market low thirty-three twenty-eight. I Had a couple lows on my sheet from earlier in the month, right here at 3330. So hang it in there. We'll see if we can. I don't know where we're going to rally back to if we do rally. On the downside, I don't know. Maybe we got a date with thirty-three hundred before the election. Uh crude. Uh, who needs crude when you're in a lockdown? Crude down a buck sixty-four at thirty-seven seventy-three. Gold, no flight to safety here. Down twenty one bucks at eighteen ninety fifty. Silver, that's uh that's in the red too here. At down, wow, down fifty four cents at twenty four oh three. Trying to stay in the twenty four handle, and a uh, little profit taking here in Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin futures are down three hundred and thirty dollars at thirteen thousand three hundred and fifty five uh triple d how are things looking at 8 p.m last night and how are things looking now
0: uh i made a an error here in what i would normally do normally i stay hedged in my day trading account we were down 20 handles and i didn't feel like it was a down 40 or 50 type of day so i was like you know what i wouldn't be surprised we bounced back to flat so i stayed long and that is not how you make money in a prop trading, you know, not hedging. I always hedge. We know in my day trading stuff, I always hedge myself out. I hedge on my risk. I made a call, and the call was bad. I did this about a week and a half ago, and I got rewarded for it. Remember, I was like, I just stayed long because I felt like we are going to bounce back, and we did. And now I make the same call. I felt like we were going to bounce back, and we do not. So I give back, you know, basically when I made that call a week and a half ago, and this is talking the day trade, not the long term investing, not the swing trading, just the overnight account where I always hedge out. You know, I, just, I stay market neutral and people want to, you know, want to actually ask me a question, you know, just, you know, discussing, you know, why do you hedge out? Um, and what do I mean by hedging out? I mean, if I got a million dollars worth of stocks, I'm short a million dollars worth of SPY. Or if I'm, you know, got a million dollars worth. And, and kind of you can do a little beta hedging too. I mean, if you've got a stock that moves three times the market, you need to be short a little bit more SPY or Qs. But typically, I just use SPYs and Qs. And I stay relatively market neutral. So when you get a slam down like this, down 50 handles, I'm okay because I'm hedged. In this case, I'm not okay because I'm not hedged. And I'm like, man, that's a rookie mistake. I'm trying to make a call thinking you're, you know, thinking you got this figured out. And you know, here I am trying to take advantage of any inefficiencies, and my opinion is costing me money. So don't let your opinion affect your trading strategies. And that's what's happening this morning. So another learning experience for me, even after 21 years.
2: You know, I, I mean, don't don't kick, you know, beat beat yourself up too much. I mean, I I came in the week really leaning short and was pretty aggressive, and and was rewarded a little bit, you know, on Monday. But I just kind of lulled into complacency here. I really didn't think the market would have this kind of move, you know. Ahead of the election, I thought it'd be a little bit more back and forth. I, I you know, thought air. so too. Yeah, there you go, thinking again, man. Can't Don't think,
0: think, just do. Do. Don't think, yeah, just do. I mean, it, it's here. You are. You're making new lows again. You know, the same strategies are working. The fade trade just is working so well. And let's go to UPS earnings, and this is just showing you. And you know, I argued with some people on Twitter last night when I took the short position. <laughs> so the one thing I did do right was short UPS last night into the report. Give us the details here, Spencer, and then I'll tell you my trade. I was on mute. Sorry.
1: Uh, adjusted EPS of $2.28 versus a $1.86 estimate. So a good beat on that number. Sales also beat 21.2 versus 20. 0.1 billion dollars so beaten
0: beat on the earnings they are also not providing guidance due to the pandemic the earnings were great those were fine earnings it doesn't matter so on fast money last night the options guy again says oh they're seeing call buying, so they're automatically assuming the stocks go into the moon um more often than not these are opportunities to fade because these options mean nothing And, you know, you're just getting a gift. So it was trading up to 176 last night ahead of the report, Joel. It was 176. They had it up five dollars because somebody saw an options buyer. That's, you know, just that's an inefficiency I'm talking about. Exactly. That's an inefficiency I'm talking about. So when they want to pump it on fast money and say, oh, yeah, it's going to the moon because we see an options buyer out there. Ninety nine percent of the time, these options buyers don't know anything. They're just speculating. So that's why I fade moves like that. And it worked out very well. I shorted last night a little early in the 174 handle. And then I was going to add to it, but I didn't. But in, in any regard, um, you know, I'm being rewarded here this point. I just covered it. I just covered my short here uh, about five minutes before the show started, 167 and a half. So I took a tidy eight points off that. You can say, oh, there's a lot of risk to take that short in the report. But I actually hedged out leak. the risk. But you know how I hedged out the risk to a certain extent? I bought FedEx. So I had FedEx long flat. You could buy FedEx flat and sell UPS up five. And this morning, UPS is down two, and FedEx is only down one point six percent. So I even picked up some extra on that end. So that was a good trade. That's good trading right there. Using you know a natural hedge out there to fade somebody's opinion on CNBC. Um, and that and that's a good trade. You know, like I said, I, the reason I'm going to lose money today though is because I used, you know, my overall opinion that I thought the market was going to bounce back from being down 20 last night. And, you know, I'm buying it down 20 handles. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay long a little bit and a little bit meaning quite a bit. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's not bouncing back. So give us some levels of UPS. UPS. Um, ah, tough, 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 tough. A lot uh, of good news is priced in here. I had an argument with somebody on Twitter last night. They're like, well, it's, they're firing on all cylinders. I'm like, yeah, but let's put the stock in perspective. July is a hundred dollar stock, you know, or back in you know, June, a hundred dollar stock now, 170. It's been a big run. Same for FedEx, it's been a big run. So, there is high expectations in these reports built in. And the UPS report just quite not quite good enough.
2: Uh, 166 hit it twice, so you got a little buyer there. I'm not on the dailies. What do I got on the dailies? I see a 165 and a half low. <sighs> I mean, if this doesn't have a date with 160 coming up, and I don't know about today, uh, but that's the area that you tried to break out from, and then you just consolidated around it up and down, up and down, up and down, and then you finally had the blast of the new all-time high. So not necessarily on the radar today to see 160, but... Man, you have this much, and I tried to draw a circle around here. I'm going to have to ask my buddy Gary how to do that. But look at all that lows. Look at all that congestion. Look at all where that stock traded. So that's what I'd be looking at longer term to see this thing come down to 160. Wouldn't want to run out and buy the 160 puts today, but uh, maybe if you get a rally, float back up. On the upside, see if we can find anything on the upside here. Uh, the bottom, of you, it, yes,
0: you've t- got people, though, in all these caught. stocks caught now to a certain extent, you know, here they are. They get a good report. There's people, you know, who are buying the stock. I had I literally I, na- I tweeted something negative about UPS last night saying it's up five. I think it's a nice edge to short it. I tweeted that last night um, ahead of the report. And obviously then I did this the trade as well. And people are like, you know, they're at two, three people like fight me on that. Like, no. You know, this is, you know, going to 200 bucks, like a lot of people along the stock. I just said it's crowded trade. So and, you know, here it's coming off. I mean, think about the crowded trades that are still out there. We've had spack destruction. You know, let's just take it away from the earnings for a second. You know, the spacks have all been destroyed. The spack party is like over. Like it was over when we like we're worried about it being over. Remember when I was talking to you out of your Helion, Spencer, when I was like worried, you know, like I'm like, this is getting ugly. I've got two or three of these SPACs and they're ugly. You know, these things have given back, you know, you try to find a SPAC, that's still a SPAC and, you know, meaning that it hasn't actually converted into its company and you try to find one that's firing on all cylinders, they're not. And that was where a lot of money was hiding in these SPACs and that trade has turned real ugly. So then you start looking, okay, well, you know, obviously the reopening trade has turned real ugly because of COVID. So yesterday, they start piling into the same stocks, into the Zoom, into the Pelotons, um, you know, and, and into some of the tech stocks, which is somewhat predictable. But how long can these stocks stay up if the market keeps rolling over? You know, do they hold on? Like Pinterest, like you, there's so many that are sitting up their Twitter making new highs yesterday, new all-time highs. Do, is there just going to continue to be that separation, Joel? Or does eventually that gap fill? Meaning, you know, some of these stocks that are just, you know, been flying high because we're going to stay in lockdown forever. Does that trade continue? It might. I'm asking the question to you.
2: Oh, man. I mean. And there's always counter moves. I mean, and so yeah, some of these things will come in. I mean, there's some pretty strong gaps there. I, just as far as the uh, the specs go, I just I never got down and I never got involved. I mean, it was like it was free money, and I know when I get involved with free money, <clears throat> that it turns into. Free losing money, so I think <clears throat> I think these start they are they are going to come in. They have to. You can only uh, ignore market forces for so long, but eventually, the overall market—you know—will play a role. And we're when you look at it, I mean, we're back down to October lows. I mean, we had a we had a pretty good run. We got up near all time highs. We're great know? run. Yeah. So this is not like destruction. We're still what a thousand. 1200 points now about uh, um 1100 points off the uh off the march low i mean what's everyone getting all in the tizzy about the i think you just for-
0: i think you're still doing it i think you're still buying dips and selling rips um obviously the dip last night is not working and you know <laughs> here maybe my buy the dip, sell the rip maybe opinion you know obviously affected my performance here today um but is there you know no put chance it in perspective you- we're in the middle of the range like it's not ugly But again, if you have stocks that are making new highs here, I don't know if I want to be, you know, it's not the kind of market that momentum is driving things like it's been the contrarian market for a while. So like those moves yesterday in Zoom and Peloton or Zoom, especially up another 20. I mean, the valuation has been ridiculous for a while. And we've tried to talk Zoom down, you know, just saying, you know, I've been bearish for since, you know, for a while here now. I just thought it's been overdone. I don't know. I don't know when it comes out. Maybe it doesn't, maybe it just continues to go up. Maybe we're going to zoom a thousand. I mean, nothing matters. You know, they haven't, you know, we're so disconnected from fundamentals on everything that it's hard to just, you know, make a fundamental case and then make a trade off a fundamental case. I mean, using fundamentals in this market has been very difficult to do, you know, very difficult to extract alpha from, you know, fundamentals in this market. So I don't know when that party ends and that the party I'm talking about is the Zoom, is the Peloton. You know, maybe it already did. It's off the highs. I'm not sure when they have their Fastly moment. And what I mean by that, obviously, is the yeah. Fastly 130 to 80, 74 has not come back. this um, 73 this morning. It continues to leak. When they have their Spac moment. You know, all those Spacs, they're all they're all destroyed. Everybody who's invested in these things. So, and maybe that was predictable that they were eventually going to do that. But I don't know when. The Zoom has its SPAC moment. I don't know. I think it's coming. I just don't know when, and the timing of it's really hard.
2: All right, let's uh, let's go and do the earnings hit parade here. We got a lot to cover. GE up forty six cents.
1: Well, we also oh! we also didn't do Microsoft yet, so let's go. Let's with do Microsoft. Yeah, uh, this
0: is why Spencer leads the show because Gen- Joel's still legacy General Electric. <laughs> We, do we even need? I don't even think GE should get airtime anymore. We've banned how many stocks from our show. I think GE should be banned from our show because that's just a dog of dogs. Anyways, it rallies today. Another selling opportunity. That's my opinion on GE.
2: I think we should ban you banning stocks. All right, Microsoft. <laughs> uh, Microsoft
1: had a good report, right? There was Ugh, there was man. nothing really bad from it. Their EPS beat. Their sales beat. Uh, if you look at their highest uh, growth units, Azure, which is their cloud, uh, grew 48% year over year. That's that's fine. I mean, that's not quite where they were a couple of years ago, but it's still pretty good year over year growth. Their Xbox uh, unit grew 30% year over year. That's also you know not quite where it was, but still fine, all things considered. So their their high growth units are still growing, uh, and they beat expectations. But you know, you either find a reason or it's just a victim of of, of the bad day.
0: I mean, it you can say it's a victim because it was trying to hold on and the market started rolling over and then they kind of took Microsoft with it. I'm long Microsoft, full disclosure. That report was good. It's just the market is not, it's not the tape. We have a lot of companies reported pretty good earnings today. I mean, the UPS earnings were good. The thing's down four bucks. I mean, sentiment trumps all. And right now they're just selling first and ask questions later. And I don't know when that turns. Maybe it turns today. Maybe it turns tomorrow. Maybe it turns next week. Maybe it turns after the election. Eventually, we'll start to see the buyers emerge and the buy the dip emerge again. Um, Microsoft has huge support at 200. As to get down there, I would think it would be a buying opportunity. Obviously, valuations, you know, still the words, it's upper end of its historic range, but everything is. So I don't know. I like Microsoft. I'm long. At, I like it at 200, though, if I was to buy more.
2: Uh, it did. It did get a little pop, right? This bar that I have my cursor on—that's when the number came out. I'm, I'm assuming between. Uh, no, that's not. It's yesterday. Hmm. I'm trying to see when the number came out because this, this two. Yeah, we never traded that high. That's from the pre-market yesterday. Uh, all these highs at 2:15. You saw someone's just trying to wiggle out of some stock ahead of the report. I thought we might get a pop-up to there. We did not. Uh, 205 could be an intermediate stopping point. I see us sitting here just at the lows of the pre-market session, 208.10. So immediately I'll go to the daily lows and look, and you have a daily low at 206.72 and 205. I think longer term, you know, Dennis is talking about that psychological $200 level. But if you're looking for some inter- you know, intermediate points today, those are potential support areas. Coming back on the upside, I mean, you might be able to sneak. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you snuck into the bottom of yesterday's range, two ten thirty-three. If you're looking for just a little trade, a little gap fill. I don't know if you'll see the close, though, at 13 and a quarter.
0: Next.
1: Next. Okay, uh, Boeing. All right, wait, I don't know. Are we allowed to,
0: to just? Yeah, Boeing. It? You can talk <laughs> about. just a seven-dollar stock. I mean, right. yeah, percentage basis, G goes, but it's still, eh, it's just a stock doesn't do a hell of a lot. Boeing, go Boeing.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. Boeing had earnings here. Uh, in addition to those earnings, they also announced uh, eleven thousand more job cuts. But the earnings per share, they lost a dollar and thirty-nine cents per share last quarter, which. I guess silver lining is better than analysts had expected. They they thought they would lose over $2 per share, but still uh, $14.14 billion was their sales for the quarter, uh, which is slightly below the estimate there at $14.5 billion. Uh, And I mentioned the the job cuts, like I said. So Hmm. as as good as Microsoft was across the board, this is – as bad across the board yeah
0: it's terrible again expectations are below the ground so you know you just have to walk and you know they can get over those expectations so it gets a little relief rally here does that mean boeing's problems are behind it boeing has so many problems and we're just going to be buying dips and selling rips here boeing wants clarity they want to know you know what is happening with the virus i mean there is still the potential don't kid yourself that boeing could you know go significantly lower You know, they might have to do another equity raise. They're going to have to raise more money somehow, I would think. I don't think they're getting out of this tomorrow. So I think dilution is still to come for Boeing, which is why I stay away from it. So I think rallies to be sold. 170 is just huge now. We got there three days ago. It's a selling opportunity of all opportunities at 170 level. If it was to get it back up there, I would be selling it again. But I think the path of least resistance for Boeing actually is still
2: lower i uh, I just gonna look at the, you you get to one seventy and that's that's a major level. One sixty is closer. And <clears throat> the reason I'm looking at that as an important level moving forward is you had all those lows in that area, and then you finally breached it, uh filled the gap from late September and now trying to rally back. So I no stability in this stock until we get back over one sixty, hold one sixty. Uh got whacked on the it kind of floated down last night. I uh, got to one fifty two sixty six. We're three bucks above that right now. Uh, that's I'll keep an eye on that since the fact that you did rally up, probably little buyers in here, maybe. But one sixty is the resistance and major support. I mean, that probably doesn't come down until uh, until one forty five. I, I
1: guess now with Boeing, like we have a bogey, right? Because he's uh, the CEO said they expect to get back to last year's traffic levels in three years. So that's, I mean, the, I, that's the timeline, right? Three years now. That, that's as far it's as I hard
0: know, to make people wait three years. And you will really think we're getting back to that, that traffic level in three years. I think that, that's, that's, that's op- what I think saying. that's optimistic. As optimist.
1: far as I know, that's the clearest piece of guidance that we've gotten from this company. They, they have, we, have no idea. Three
0: what? years. How do they know? Three nobody, years? nobody knows. Nobody knows we're coming out of this next year. Nobody knows we're going to be in this for a long, long time. I mean, we're talking about shutting. You know, what? What Spain shutting down? They're talking about shutting down Chicago. I mean, this virus is not going away, and it's this is ground zero. So, you know, we know technology actually can still perform in a pandemic. We've learned a lot. We didn't go through a pandemic for a hundred years, so we learned what stocks work and what stocks don't. We clearly know the airlines, the cruise lines, Boeing do not work in a pandemic. If we're in the pandemic for the foreseeable future and um, and if biden gets in you know you might actually see some measures taken which you know isn't going to be good for these stocks either so i think these boeing and the airlines are anti-biden stocks because we know if trump gets in trump wants to reopen everything the virus isn't that bad he beat it in four days even though he had the best health care in the world um so i think you know if we're putting together biden trump portfolios i think the airlines and cruise lines are all trump stocks And i think if biden gets in i think all these stocks go lower
1: okay so if we if we really are going into a second uh wave of closures then i guess we we're all going to want to stock up on tupperware here because if you look (laughs) at tup this morning it is up 19 uh oh wait no more now 21
0: 21 percent now look Look at the hog move yesterday i mean oh boy there's just moves that nobody knows how to price anything that's what the that's what the issue overall is it's all just numbers right now. Nobody knows what anything's worth because nobody knows where the pandemic's going. Nobody knows, you know, you know, where you know money's gonna flow to. Nobody knows what inflation's gonna do. You know, we predict it's gonna go a hell of a lot higher, but nobody knows anything. And that's why you just see these wicked moves, something squeezes, it starts going nuts. And you know, hog yesterday said so now you got Tupperware, and people oh, let's own Tupperware. Nobody knows anything. So just you know, you get silly moves. Tupperware is a dollar back in march so here's one of your best stocks it's up what is that 2020 it wasn't 100
2: someone was asking in the chat they said am i still in it it wasn't me it was somebody in the chat someone in the afternoon chat has been all over this thing good job Holy, holy moly uh I'll give you the pre-market high. You can use that as a potential target. You know when these things get going like that. If you take out the pre-market high, you don't know where the hell you're going. Twenty-five eighty-eight, uh, New York Stock. I mean, it's going to have to open up. It's traded one hundred sixty-two thousand shares. Oh, you do have some reference points though here for Tupperware. Look at this. If they can stay above this area, all these highs here. Oh, look at this. This is some nice confluence. You do have some levels. 26.64, 26.63, 26.97, 26.97. There you go. I didn't I didn't know that thing got that high, but at least the first time you get through the pre-market high, take a look at that area. But you have one, two, three, four, four out of five, five out of six out of seven highs right in that area. I, I'd call that resistance in Tupperware. That may keep a lid on the rally. What about uh, you didn't like my market? joke? No one liked my joke? it was good it was good actually was, that, that I was, was, I, just you guys are just, you guys are just it's one of those mornings today. one
0: of those mornings <laughs> getting whacked one of those mornings
2: that is is there any nah, chance please. that you can dig out of it
0: do it Do because i so, often dig out be working throughout the day and try <laughs> to dig yourself out yeah there's a chance mm-hmm. i mean There's always a chance. (laughs) I'm in a pretty good hole here right now. (laughs) This is trading, right? You're going to have bad days. If you had all good days, everybody would be, you know, I'd have all the money in the world if I always had good days. So you can't always have a good day.
3: But I deserve
0: it. I'm mad at myself because I deserve this one. I stayed long intentionally, which was just dumb. You know, just thinking you're a hero. So I'm mad at myself. Deserved.
2: Don't you know what? We should uh, get that. I know we'll get in trouble, but when you used to get booted off um, American Idol, it would be "I had a bad day." Remember that?
0: <laughs> is that what they sang when you got booted yeah. off American Idol? Yeah. Did they? All right. Well, it, yeah. cool if you say so.
1: <laughs> I don't that watch
0: a... that much American Idol.
3: But <laughs> it was. Fun. I stopped
0: watching after that. I watched that one season. That Adam guy, He was pretty good. The guy that sings for Queen now, yeah. and then he didn't win. I was like, this is just dumb. I mean, that Adam guy was like the best singer that's ever been on that show. And he didn't win because people didn't like whatever, you know, his like makeup or whatever he did. But, I mean, it was ridiculous. The guy's voice was phenomenal. Now he's lead singer for Queen. What is an Adam, um, oh my goodness. Lambert. Lambert, Lambert, Adam Lambert. Really? He's the lead singer for Queen now? He's the lead singer for Queen, yeah. Yeah, huh. he's the new lead singer for Queen. All right, bring us he's back, He's an awesome, awesome right. singer. What about
1: MasterCard here? This is like a really interesting thing so uh oh i'm you know, long on
0: my long-term portfolio that's not good news
1: their earnings were this morning <laughs> and, and they missed on the top and the bottom line but there was just larger, kick me
0: while i'm down here
1: there's this large wide well, i don't know you're long the, there's always there's this larger trend here that the journal highlighted this morning oh, oh. All, all these credit card companies are, are, are saying that spending is up right retail spending specifically is up but at the same time they're their consumer debt is not up with it. So I'm not really quite sure how that makes any sense. If if consumer spending on credit cards are up, but credit card debt is not moving up in line with that, that doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Nothing but, makes sense. Nothing makes sense anymore. No. MasterCard being down 4% on uh, bad
0: numbers, do makes that does make some sense though. Were they bad numbers? What are the numbers? Well, they missed and they missed. Oh, well, that's not good news. Yeah down 12 bucks. I mean, it's been an incredible run. I mean, this stock has just been an absolute monster. So am I bailing on it here? No, I don't want to pay the tax. The Rasnick trade. Oh, don't use that.
2: Don't use that excuse. That I, I if if you want to take profit in something, you got some losses to offset it. I, I, I don't. don't How like, many?
0: This has been not the year of losses. I mean, <laughs> this has been a pretty good trading. It's year. not over
2: yet. I no, mean,
0: I know. We shouldn't say. I just jinxed myself. I have a really bad last quarter now for that I said that, but this is not the year. Maybe maybe January we take some of these profits. <laughs> I don't need to take any more profits. Yeah,
2: anymore. but then you're gonna have to pay it. Well, whatever. I gotta
0: let's pay the tax man. That's Yeah,
2: you're not getting taxes could be higher. But anyways, let's let's not get in. We're we're not uh, tax consultants. Uh. Phew. I mean, someone said, Hey, I'm covering my short at 300, you know, nice round number. Hasn't been down to 300 in a while. So that stands as your pre-market low, actually 29979 That's your pre-market low. You bounce four bucks off that. Just a psychological level. That's it. Uh, with this kind of move. look at the street, man, they were leaning the right way into this report. Holy mackerel. This thing was 350 back in the middle of the month. But uh, I'll keep an eye on these monthly lows here. There's back-to-back monthly lows, and they come in. Ooh, a lot lower than this, Dennis. 285.15 and 286.65. Whew. That's what I'm looking at on a monthly perspective. So don't think we'll see that today. First things first, let's see if that pre-market low holds. Got a long way to get to that low from yesterday. Wow, this thing, 3, or what was the low from yesterday? 31266 so there, if you get a gap, I I don't know if I'd wait for that. If I was long, I'd maybe throw something out at like three, three 311, and then most of the size at three twelve in case they just get a real quick sweep up there.
0: It's it's ugly head and shoulders up there. Every a lot of charts are broken. Yeah, <laughs> it's you know it's tough. Like you're looking, you're saying, oh, should we just come in and keep buying dips. We've got a lot of broken charts. With that being said, we're still in the middle of the range in the spy. How about
2: a head and shoulders on top of a head and shoulders?
0: Is that oh. house? Look That's at a that. A lot of head and shoulders yeah oh, dandruff
2: huh so we could do get uh we could get real giddy here and be a geek technician. the first leg took you from three sixty seven to three twenty one that was a forty point move. ah, it's already fulfilled that. That was, it's already done that. Forget that. Stick with 285, 286 major long term support in MasterCard. How's Visa doing? Visa yeah, going I was to gonna
1: say, while we're here, look at Visa. Uh, they
0: report on the tonight, yeah, tonight.
3: Also, I could tell you
0: for them now that's yeah. a nice thing you if you're gonna miss if you if your competitor is gonna miss you want them to report first because now you set the bar lower for visa you're getting the sympathy move here so if visa says anything okay they could actually lift again market sentiment's gonna trump all so if we start to you know turn around we have turnaround what is today wednesday you went, this is kind of turn like- around wednesday here and and you know this could be a different story for all these stocks so sentiment's gonna matter going to all these reports i think the market sentiment the overall market sentiment matters more than anything i mean if ups reported those earnings and microsoft reported those earnings yesterday or a couple of days ago before we started selling off like last week they'd probably be up on it but because you know this is the way this market is everybody's in the selling mood this morning they'll find a reason to sell it
2: you know what this is kind of a logical trade too you know how i talked about all the fast food restaurants and you know being packed and people are you i mean my credit card bills are like nothing now i mean i don't go out to eat i buy gas like maybe once a month uh i don't buy any clothes as evidenced by how i dress you're
0: spending less money like my credit card bill is probably more because we're doing more online shopping but overall our probably expenditures are probably down as well
2: oh i I know for sure yeah yeah i mean and uh, i don't know about they say anything about defaults or anything like that you know i mean there's got to be some loan loss preserves i you know People aren't paying their rent. They're probably not paying their credit card. They talk anything about that or not? I did not see
1: anything. Uh, you know, credit credit cards are typically like the the last thing
2: to go. Right? You got to pay your American Express, you get whacked on that, man. That's like yeah. uh, that's criminal what they charge on that. Yeah,
1: um, I didn't see anything about what what MasterCard or, or what AXP or what any of them Capital One Discover have said about uh, low-loss provisions. Uh, what about Sony here? 832, we're going to bring our guest on in a couple of minutes, but before we do that, let's look at Sony. They had earnings overnight, uh, really good numbers, and then the CEO said on the conference call that they sold as many PS, PlayStation 5 consoles in the first 12 hours in the U.S., than they did in the first 12 weeks of the previous console
0: cycle people are gaming people want to game i mean that's where we're at people want to game and they are gaming and you know even microsoft's report the gaming aspect of it was working really well i mean that's one part of the report that did really well um so the gaming still works it's still working i own a lot of those video game makers i actually bought some zynga yesterday i'll be down it because everything's down today but um i still am heavy in the video game maker sony's been a good one mitch had the call on this one so good call mitch um I'm, it's hard to chase something up five percent here because this market yeah. just doesn't pay to chase but if you had it going in the report good job
2: eight and uh adr too right so they they yep. priced a yeah lot of it's already this pricing in.
0: but this is traded heavily usually pretty heavily here too so
2: uh this guy says my dad went out every day for restaurants, and he's saving so much money, he sent checks to all three sons in their 50s. LOL. We're just rolling over here. (laughs) Roll over, Beethoven! This uh... is just getting ugly. 8,207 if you're looking for a target here. That was your August 19th. High. As you can see, there's a gaps around, so they're really not legitimate gaps since it's, it's an ADR. But keep an eye on 8,207 if you're looking for a potential target in Sony. Did we get an 830 number or something? Or it's just more selling, more pain in the market here. More selling. Well, I mean, we got, like,
1: wholesale inventories, but we don't really care about that. No, we don't care about that. Yeah. Uh, what about solar here? Let's do it quickly before I get solar, really. First, first solar earnings, got, holy e- And Enphase. phase. And Enphase. phase. They yeah. both had earnings. They were good. They both gave
0: got Ooh. it. They were good. What? Is that right? It that? was up it was up by like almost hundred bucks last night. No.
3: Yeah, you oh, gotta yeah.
0: be kidding me. They get excited, man, these reports. They go oh, though, that, that news algo, it gets excited. It's come off the highs, oh. but still holding up pretty well. It's still up 12%. I mean, solar has been the bright oh. spot. There's a good pun for it. But solar yes. has been the bright spot of this market. It has held up very well. You're seeing a lot of the solar names trade up in sympathy here this morning. But holy cow, I just keep looking at this market. It just keeps getting smacked more. But my portfolio is getting smacked more, too. Um, Look
2: at but, that thing. You know, solar's been solar has been good. Oh, should I go a lunch bet? I know you won't take it. The high of the day has got to be in oh, in yeah, this thing, right? 98.50? Oh, yeah.
0: the
2: I mean, the mo- I don't know if I'm going to go through the monthlies on this one. I would. I don't know if you have a position. You have a big I I call it not even 94. I mean, you had the big rip up to 98.50, then the dip to 90. And then someone said, hey, I missed 98.50, but I'll sell stuff in the 94 handle. So we'll see if that seller's still lurking there. I have no idea where to find support in this thing. And then ENPH. Wow, let's see what this one's doing. Is that that's the one you got? Uh, someone slammed that a while ago, right? And it bounced right back. That oh, was a precious, precious point short report. Precious point, huh? Like precious pop. This is not that out was the as buying much. Buying
0: opportunity when he engaged with yeah. that.
2: This got up to one oh seven.
0: They got silly. I, I mean, know. you
2: got to take the
0: money. This is again the something market. like you got to take it. You got to book the profits when you got it. Because if you don't, the market will take it away from you. This is the type of market that, you know, it's not March, it's not April, it's not May, and I'll just hold on and, the, and I'll, I'll make more money. This is the type of market you take the gains when you got it because it turns around and they slam the gains away from you. I mean, look, you know, a pen Gaming, I sold that thing because I didn't like the chart and I thought I'd get it back cheaper. I sold at 69, like literally eight days ago. It's 55. I had originally bought a 52. I'm probably going to get a shot at 51 or 52 today. I don't know if I'm going to take that shot. I probably should. The DraftKings is a disaster. Um, I, I gotta, said I yesterday got... I need to sell it, and I got so sidetracked with my trading, I didn't get back to it until it was already down. I guess you just got to throw the order out early and forget about it because it opened right at the highs and went straight down. I was talking against the book yesterday. This thing has 35 written on it now. I mean, this is a mess. a mess. I mean, it's tough. It's tough right
2: now. I have my smallest. uh, I I squared a position. I actually went out to November in the pen, and I did the fifty fives because I was just so frustrated buying the expensive ones near the money. And now it's almost there. Of course, I have I've paired most of the position, and you can always ride the last couple though. But uh, no fifty fives. Let's see what they go go for today off the open.
1: All right, I want, to bring on, I want to bring on our guest here, uh, new guest, honest with with us today. Blueford Putnam is Man- managing director and chief economist at the CME Group. Blue, good morning.
3: Good morning.
1: Uh, is there anything out there, Blue, uh, in the markets or in the overall economy that you can hang your hat on to saying, "Yeah, this makes sense right now"?
3: <laughs> well, a lot of things make sense, but they make sense in a way that creates volatility and uncertainty. So I don't it doesn't get you out of the problem. Uh, obviously the, uh, the virus is still in control of a lot of things. Uh, and then you lay on top of that, uh, the election. So uh, you get those two conflicting things coming on and it, it looks pretty uncertain out there, but it, it makes sense that it's uncertain.
1: Is there anything like, like looking beyond the election? Uh, I I guess like, how, how do you see, you know, just putting that aside for a moment here, cause we know that, Markets tend to go up one way or the other. Uh, Actually, quick side note, today is statistically speaking the best performing day of the year in U.S. equity. So uh, fun fact, keep that on your radar this morning. But uh, just looking beyond the election here, Blue, I mean, like, is the only way out of this still a a vaccine? And until then, we're just going to be range bound back and forth?
3: Essentially, we have to get the economy and uh, citizens in a place where they're willing to get on an airplane, they're willing to go to restaurants, and they're willing to do some of the things they used to do. Now, we do expect behaviors to be uh, at least semi-permanently changed. Uh, We don't expect businesses to bring everybody back to the office. We're gonna have more flex time. Business travel is gonna be way cut back. Uh, International business travel will be way cut back. So things will not go back to the way they were But we do need the fear in the in the um, of the citizens of doing some basic activities to go away. And you know, a vaccine plus about six months, because you know, a vaccine is not an on-off switch. You got to distribute it. You got to have people get confidence in it. You have to have more people take it. Uh, So you know, that that's a long process. Uh, The other thing is, this virus comes in waves, and the waves peak and then they trough. And so we're in a you know, and for many countries, we're in the third wave. Some of them were in the second. But, uh, you know, it it will tail off. Uh, and that will bring some confidence back as well.
2: Blue, Joel Alconin here, uh, CME member a long, long time ago. Especially just told me uh, that you weren't on the floor. Uh, how, long have, how long have you been at the Merck?
3: I've been uh, chief economist for a decade.
2: A decade. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, what does a chief economist at the Merck do? I, I mean, are you trying to create new products? Are you, what does what, what the chief economist at the Merck do?
3: That's kind of an interesting question. Um, I really have an inside job or an outside job. The outside job is things like this, uh, talking to clients, doing webinars, writing research reports. Um, about macroeconomics, you know, because we we're in the uh, you know we're in the rates business, the equity business, we're in foreign exchange, we're in metals, gold, copper, silver, we're in ag, we're in, uh, in you know energy, oil, natural gas. So all of those things that are the platforms that we run trading exchanges on are the things that I write about and follow every day. Uh, but that's my external job. My internal job is to do the same thing but uh, to, uh, you know, be an advisor uh, to corporate management on what's going on in the world and how it could affect the business and, uh, you know, what are the risks for next year and all of those kind of things. So it's actually the same job, but two different audiences.
2: Is, uh, it, I don't know, I haven't looked this up, is uh, Leo Malamed, uh still around?
3: Oh, Leo is certainly still around. Uh, he's retired right. uh, <laughs> and he's he's actually retired from the board of directors as well, but, uh, no, Leo's awesome, and he is
2: definitely still around. He's the the godfather of uh, financial futures, and uh, also the S and P five hundred index. Uh, I'd be, I mean, I'd be curious to, if you talk to him or whatever. Ask him, does he do any public appearances or anything? Because I'd love to get Leo on the show. I mean, that guy. I'd love to know what he's thinking about these markets right now, too. But uh, I think I've emailed him a few times. Haven't heard back. But uh, well, he's, he's he won't remember still me. Still out
3: there and still talking. <laughs> All right. So You know, he, he talk- wrote a great science fiction book back in the eighties too.
2: Yeah, that's right.
3: It's called Very the Tenth Planet.
2: Uh, so talk, let's talk about these Bitcoin futures. Are they still are they still fully margin there?
3: Oh yeah, pretty much. I mean they're you know, they're a high volatility, so I mean margins and volatility go hand in hand.
2: Okay. And uh, just any, you know, you have been around there for 10 years. Was there, you know, resistance to come up with that product? I know that the volume has kind of been uh, kind of been picking up a little bit. Uh, do you see get maybe perhaps listing more cryptocurrencies or just going to stick with Bitcoin for now?
3: Well, I'm not the product guy, but, you know, okay. we wait until uh, the clients really want the product. So our our product design process is very much client verification driven. We talk to clients, all kinds of clients from different parts of the industry. Uh, And then when we think there's critical mass and critical demand, then we'll, you know, we'll move forward on a product. But a product also has to have a a reference index to to tie it to. And then that needs to usually run for a year or more uh, and make sure that's a solid index. So, you know, something like Bitcoin, First, you had Bitcoin, then we had to have a Bitcoin reference index, and then we could eventually get to the product. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, you know, again, it's uh, the, the product development process is quite, quite complex, <laughs> and it's got a time lag in it. Uh, it it's client driven. Well, what, what, what kind of
2: role, well, you're an economist then, and talk about the economy. What, what do you see the future role of Bitcoin
3: in the world economy? I don't see a lot. Uh, I think it's got a role in uh, portfolios and in trading. Uh, but I, I will be very, very surprised if central banks allow it to, to have much of a role in the, uh, you know, transacting other type of business. You know, wouldn't see oil being priced in Bitcoin or something like that.
2: Yeah, boy, they, any more trading in butter?
3: <laughs> you know, we're... we're uh, butter and eggs was what started the Merck back in the early 1800s. But, uh, you know, we're we're more focused on hogs these days. Uh, You know, we used to trade live hogs and that market's kind of shifted to also trading uh, the parts of the hog. And of course, bacon, which we, you know, is pork bellies and so forth are the uh, the most important part of the hog these days. So we're, we're trading all different parts of him.
2: Yeah, they, they used to have a, a pool on the floor. You know, any more, what time butter would actually close? And it'd be <laughs> any more trading in butter? Any yeah. more trading in butter? Closed! And everyone would look <laughs> at the clock and then whoever had closest of the time would win. Uh, the pool. But that's uh, and piece still sinking here. Spencer, I'll let you ask a couple of questions.
1: Well, Blue, my question really is, you know, if if stocks are going to continue to be volatile like they are, I mean, in what other markets can investors really hide in? Right. You've written in recent weeks about uh, the, the foreign exchange markets, treasury markets, various commodity markets. I mean, where is there to hide right now?
3: Well, you're using the word hide to mean you should be able to hide and earn a nice return. Okay, uh, you can always hide in cash. You just great, won't great make point. anything. Great point. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the Federal Reserve is still extremely active. Uh, a lot of people look at the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve, and it, it kind of flatlined from June 10th. It's starting to grow a little bit now, but that was an illusion. Uh, what the Federal Reserve was doing is it was uh, a lot of loans that they had made were being paid back because they, they weren't really being useful or needed. Uh, there were tr- uh, half a trillion dollars of uh, of uh, central bank FX swap lines that got paid back. And the Fed was still spending money, but they were spending money specifically on treasuries and on mortgages. And even in the treasury market, they they had stopped buying T-bills. They were only buying a coupon paying notes and bonds. And they're still doing that at the rate of 25 30 billion dollars a month a week excuse me a week uh, and then if you uh, if you look at all these things that were getting paid back they've, they've pretty much been paid back and so that means that as long as the fed's uh, buying treasuries and mortgages every week the balance sheet's going to start to grow again so the Fed has really still got the markets back in the sense of making sure that uh, longer term yields stay in a range no matter what the budget deficit turns out to be no matter who's president things like that so you know you've still got the fed uh, protecting the the uh, the market to a great extent
2: uh we were talking on the pre-pre-market show about inflation and uh you know supposedly it's low supposedly interest rates are n- never going up again here but if we caught a whiff of inflation i mean we would be in a world of hurt. What's what's your one, two and five year outlook for inflation?
3: Well, let's go to the the observation there. I think we need more than a whiff, but a whiff would get people excited. Um, So let's define whiff. Uh, Whiff means we're approaching 2% (laughs) inflation in the United States. And more than a whiff means we've gotten over 2%. So uh, now the Federal Reserve uh, back in September Kind of changed its guidance on inflation. They told us that if inflation got to two percent, they didn't care. They wouldn't change rates or policy, and then they would want inflation to overshoot for a sustained period of time before it uh, resulted in a change of uh, interest rate policy and QE type things. So, you know, the, but what I have to—the point I really want to make about that—is the Fed can change the target. Any central bank can change their target. It does not change the inflation process at all. Uh, So, what's the outlook on inflation? Well, there there are two scenarios. Um, Scenario number one is that as long as we're in elevated unemployment, you know, six, 7% unemployment in the United States and and virus problems around the world, we're not going to see much global inflation or US inflation. So, we're going to be in that one, one and a half, maybe 2% range, but we're not even, you know, it's not going to be anything to talk about. The other scenario is, that uh, we get massive budget stimulus, we get a vaccine, the uh, politicians continue to stimulate. They keep their foot on the gas pedal on fiscal policy long after the economy is still growing, and the in central banks are buying some of that debt. And that's the modern monetary theory. And eventually, that, that does lead to inflation. Uh, so you have to pick your theory in your uh, in your scenario. But right now, there isn't any.
2: How? Last question for you here. Um... What would you be doing if you were head
3: of the Fed, if you were Jerome Powell? <laughs> well, first of all, let's be clear. There is no chance of that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the Federal Reserve is a, is one of the, uh, well, I, I need to disclose a conflict of interest here. The Federal Reserve in New York was my very first job. I was our first real job. <laughs> I mean, by that, I got my PhD from Tulane University in economics. And I drove from Tulane from New Orleans to New York. And uh, you know, took my job at the New York Fed, and I still bleed a lot of Fed blood. I think it's an awesome organization. They do a tremendous amount of great research, and I think it's going to focus more and more on research because this question of inflation—it's really a tricky one. Uh, the monetarists don't get inflation right anymore. When people say the Fed's printing trillions and trillions of dollars, they're not really doing that. They're—they're—they—they uh, are printing money in a sense, electronic money, and they buy treasuries, but the. The money stays on the bank's books as excess reserves because the Fed pays you 10 basis points to hold it there. And there are a lot of capital requirements and so forth. So money does not cause inflation anymore. And besides, we don't even know what money is. You know, you can pay with your phone. You can move money around so fast. You know, money, when Milton Friedman was developing his theory, he was very explicit. Money was what you bought stuff with. And you only had two kinds of money, cash and your checking account. And your checking didn't bear interest. Well, all that went away in the 80s and 90s. And so we don't understand the inflation process. And that's where the Fed's going to be looking at things very carefully researched, because until we understand the inflation process better, it makes it hard to figure out what inflation policy should be. One last point before I give it back to you. The more debt an economy has, particularly a major economy, Europe, China, the U.S., the more you have a bias toward low interest rates. That may seem counterintuitive. You're pushing up the debt. You're pushing it out there. Interest rates should go up. But the more debt you have in an economy, the central bank is going to be afraid to raise rates because it could lead to a recession. And who wants to get blamed for that? So the more as we expand our debt to GDP ratio, we've actually been on a trend toward lower and lower rates. So it's a very interesting world out there on in the inflation side.
1: Yeah, and I guess it juries out still on, on what the long-term consequences of of the massive amount of stimulus could or or would be but we'll have to get you back on to discuss that when we hopefully have more clarity on this uh this financial situation here and the virus blue putnam is managing director and chief economist at the cme group blue we appreciate your time today have a good one
3: thanks blue all
1: right uh i'm gonna Go to the chat here for a few minutes because we got some tickers in there. Sure. Uh, Dennis, well, or, or actually, before we do
0: that, Dennis, how how are you holding up over there? Uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: trying to work out of a mess. This is a mess. I mean, trading is working out of your messes, right? This is a mess. Uh, it's one of those days. I've been on a roll. Been a pretty good <laughs> month. Been a pretty good year. I was due for a messy, sloppy <laughs> open. The thing I'm mad about, it. I wouldn't be mad if it's just like, but I deserve this because I – Gutsy call. We're down twenty. Oh, are we gonna bounce back? I'm gonna stay a little bit extra long, and that extra long is just killing
1: me. <laughs> I mean, I know it won't make you feel any better now, but I mean, by the
2: dip, it's kind of always worked. Yeah, Dallas, double. <laughs> Don't frown. Average down.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs>
2: it's
1: Fine. one of those
0: mornings. So okay. I'm obviously off here talking right now because I'm like trying to work out
2: of a lot. Go go of go size. go! All right, let's do. So, no, tennis. it's okay though.
1: Okay, to the chat we go because I, I want to get to some of these tickers that people are throwing out here. We didn't get to as many yesterday. Um, let's see here. Okay, I saw a few people mention Workhorse, uh, and we've that got a
0: short report last. Yes. Yesterday. Oh, you're kidding
1: me. Yeah, another one. Uh, we've got an interview out with um, with the CFO that I, I expect will go live today or tomorrow. Um, but yeah, there was a short, another short report out yesterday. And I saw they also uh, filed for some uh, drone FAA certification this morning, but that, that was the catalyst yesterday.
2: That's still there's still no uh, decision on the UPS on
0: the, on the contract. No, it's supposed to
1: be by the, the end of the year, but
2: they,
0: they don't even know.
1: And if they if they do know, they're not telling you.
0: So I'm oh, sure this man. isn't a focus of the USPS right now, you know, like so that's <laughs> the issue as well. I mean, the stock is completely broken. The story is ice cold rallies to be sold rallies uh, yeah. to be sold i'm sorry 15 you got some support you do have some support, support you're coming into so maybe you bounce off that but again have a huge support of 40 just take, bounces for a day and then takes it out so you have nice support coming in. that's all i can say but i'm not i'm not in the stock i don't want to be in the stock it's just not looking good
2: Uh, Trading on the lows of the pre-market session. Uh, Let's see. I can find some daily lows for you if uh, if you're interested. Uh, We had a daily low at 16 and a quarter. You're right there right now. So kind of can lean on that. Another low at sixteen thirty-seven, uh, but then after that, you drop off to fifteen and fifty-six. But I uh, don't know; it doesn't look like looks like someone's selling. It doesn't look like they're quite done yet. If you get a, if you're doing a little scalping here, you're trying to long, I'd say that there's some resistance at seventeen. If you're trying to just do a quick flip here of workhorse, but oh boy, huh? that's a, that's not a good looking chart there.
1: I saw someone mentioned Biogen. If you are trading uh, or investing in Biogen, you should have November 6th on your radar. That is the day that the FDA will review uh, Aducanumab. Uh, and that's not the Pidufid. When is the day? November 6th. So the the date is next year. It's it's in March, but the FDA is like expediting oh. the process of this thing. So they're going to review it on November 6th. So there could well Jeez. be a headline uh, on that drug uh ahead of uh, of the actual Pedufin. November the sixth. November sixth. That's really close uh, <clears throat> in, in, in I, is I don't know what to
2: say about this one. Or uh, this is their Alzheimer's drug. I'd say next time you get a pop off good news, sell it.
0: Do you, I mean, Yeah, and... but this isn't just biogen. Do you see the drug stocks, Joel, what they've done? Are uh, you have you looked at any drug stocks lately besides Pfizer, which held up well? I mean Lily, you know, we know Lily's just been in the gutter here, but we know Gilead's been in the gutter, but start going across the board. I mean, a lot of these individual drug stocks and yeah, the IBBs held up, but there's been some individual like stocks hit Amgen just continues to go down every single day. That held I mean, up
2: forever.
0: Yeah, there's been a lot, there's been an underlying bid in a lot of stocks. I mean, and then you look at the European ones like AstraZeneca and, G- and GlaxoSmithKline. It's like ugly trends here, like there is some under, you know, neath you, and, and you look at the overall market and you think, oh, you know, we're holding up pretty well. But when you start just lifting up and looking, there's a lot of stocks that have really gotten ugly. And Biogen's one of
2: them. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say on this one. I mean, it's down so low. I know you're holding on to a little piece forever. Yeah. I mean, ever, you're ever. breaching some month, monthly support here. Uh, I don't know. Can't even give you anything to lead on here. I'm stumped on this one, folks. Next. Next, <laughs>
0: okay. no I don't support. know what the diet stocks are making new lows. You got to go unless you've got them from fifty bucks. <laughs> so I'm holding on. I don't pay the tax on Biogen either. Maybe I should. Maybe I should what start paying about, tax
1: out. Hmm, where should we go here?
0: Uh Neo. I, I think we should just stop. Okay, what do you want? To, which stock? Neo. I mean, I have. I mean, I like, had a great day yesterday. I'm yeah. still long Neo. I had a great day. Ugly tape. Great day. It's a stock that's held up very well. I think until it's below 25, you stay long. That's what I'm doing. Starts to breach, break down, then you've know you got to go. But I mean, let's talk. I mean, people want to hear buy the dip. They want to hear what kind of stocks I... you pull back. I mean, this one has held up well. So would I buy the Neo if I wasn't it? You got to stop yourself out, though. Have yourself a stop. But it's high risk. But if you're buying like at 27 a day or maybe get down this to 26 and a half, it really gets ugly. Stop yourself out of 25 and a half of the move. So you have defined risk. I mean, that's what you got to do in this case is find your levels and have defined risk. Obviously, it's tech stocks. If you're looking at buying the dip, those are the ones that have, you know, performed in this market. You know, Alibaba made a new all-time high yesterday. So there is stocks still performing here. I guess those are the ones you're still picking on. I
1: mean, if you're trying to find pockets of strength, right? China and the regional banks, are pretty much the only games in town for areas of the market that, that have held up over the last month. Um, so there's your relative strength compared to everything. But if you look at like the best performing ETFs over the last month, it's KRE, right? It's KBRWR. Where the regional banks have held up really well. KBE, the bank ETF. So...
0: I don't
2: know what Dennis, you, you want? did you want to say something macro or just overall market there before we? Uh, um... really, I mean, I, overall market is held up okay. I mean, let's put it in
0: perspective middle of the range. What's the 50% retracement on spy, Joel? 320 to 354. This is the recent move. You're coming back, you're getting in there. I mean, with 331, you're getting right there. 50% retracement, you're over it. I guess you're over it now. 338 was a close, so now you're over it. You got that low of 331.19. That was October the the 2nd. That needs to hold. So you want to see this market hold at 330. I think it could hold the first time. I think it's still enough by the dip that we don't think, I don't think the end of the world is imminent
2: here. So I'm still- You know what, one thing, and I was thinking about this last night and I like these acquisitions, these companies are doing, like AMD is buying, there's, there's been some pretty big deals lately, right? And I'm just thinking that, are these CEOs just thinking, man, our stock is so overpriced. We're not going to be able to grow like at AMD. Like we are just not going to be able to replicate that. And if we do an acquisition like this and we have a rough, you know, one, two or three years, we can say, oh, hey, you know, maybe that wasn't such a good acquisition. I just, you know, I see these deals going on. They're using stock. I mean, am I just, am I just kind of making things up or do you see any validity in that?
0: There's deals, there's activity. I mean, stuff's but going on. Why are on. they doing
2: deals? Well, I mean, some, some of them why are, not? Your
0: price is inflated. This is the exact time to do deals. So, You know, AMD did an all stock. I mean, their stock, let's put it in perspective, their stock is still
2: sitting up near the highs.
0: I mean, right. So I, they're using this. Their is the, stock. T- the smart. Yeah.
2: I, I know, but I think, they're, I think they're looking on down the road and they're saying, man, we're not going to be able to replicate these kind of performances and we got to do something. That's, a, that's just my... We had another
1: one here yesterday with, uh, with Callaway Golf and Top Golf, right? Oh, really? Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, Callaway is buying... So they already had a 14% stake in Top Golf. Now they're just buying the company outright or I guess they're merging. Um, I don't know if I'd want to own that place. $2 billion transaction for, for Callaway. is pretty big.
2: Yeah. And and they
1: popped it
0: and then they dropped it. And now it's down. Story broken here. Sorry. I know if Jason's still in it. Sorry. But this story is broken too. Golf season's over too. You got to consider just the seasonality of it. I mean, people aren't thinking about golf now. They're not thinking about golf for another six months. So, I bet you uh,
2: I, I'd like to that that place to reopen because I think I could hit it over one of those nets. I hit the ball really high, really <laughs> far. Put yeah. it right out there on I-75. I, I, there.
3: But
0: that's a blow-off top yesterday. That's a blow-off top. And it did it after hours here, too, on the actual official announcement and got back up there and gave you a second chance. And now it's down. I don't think it's coming back. You do have some support here down at 18. I think it does maybe bounce there the first time, but not the stock I'd buy the dip on.
2: Okay. All right, Spencer, you want to wrap things up? Preview uh, tomorrow's guesses I just mis- want to say
0: overall it's, you know, it's kind of like the, you know, the day where you're feeling, uh, you know, you're coming in if you're a long only trader and you're like, wow, this market's a mess. I mean, it is paid again and again and again to nibble your toe in, you know, in the good stocks. We're not talking buying oil stocks because they're completely destroyed here this morning again. Those are stocks you stay away from. But if you're looking for tech, look at your levels, find your stock. I mean, those have worked. There will be stocks that continue to work. Some of your consumer staples have held up very well. They're getting smacked this morning, too. Those might work as well. So just think about, you know, not everything is going to just get smacked around here this morning. There's going to be opportunities. Find the diamond in the rough. There we go.
1: That's a good way to close it out. All right. On tomorrow's show, we have two guests, uh, Mark Chicken and then another new guest, Mike Franz. This is going to be a good one. Uh, oh, yeah. Mike is tomorrow at 9 o'clock, and we'll go a little bit longer because he's going to tell us how he trades the election. Not with stocks, uh, but how he actually trades, prediction markets trades the prediction markets. Uh, in the presidential elections, so, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, super excited for that interview. Uh, that'll be a wrap for our show today, though. Thanks to our guest at Blue Putnam. Thanks to all of you in our chats, all three of them. You can catch a replay of this show on every major podcast platform. Email us, benzinga.com And please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Hit that like button. We appreciate all the likes. We really, really do. We actually keep track of them. So thanks for the likes. We really do appreciate that. Uh, Everyone have a good rest of your day. Stay safe out there. We'll be back with you at 3.40 p.m. Eastern time.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card.